0: Let's begin today's discussion.
1: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones.
0: Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to our guest, the co-founder and CEO of Viral Nation, Joe Gallesi. Joe and his business partner, Matthew Michelli, Founded Viral Nation in 2014 and have since then built one of the world's most diverse influencer marketing networks, creating campaigns for the influencers they represent. Viral Nation has worked alongside some of the world's biggest and most recognizable brands to unleash the power of online marketing and grow audiences of loyal advocates while discovering new fans with such brands as Microsoft, Crayola, Energizer, Twitch, and Match.com. Today, we're going to talk about how Joe has had so much success with his business and his tips for going viral. We'll learn what has worked from Joe's experience, what could be avoided, and how some brands are missing the mark with influencer marketing. Joe, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very of excited. Of course.
0: Of course. If we could start off, I'd love to have our listeners learn a little bit more about what got you to where you are today and how you founded this business and are skyrocketing to success.
1: I have no idea. It's all luck, and that's it.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
1: No. It's, it's, been a, it's been a life-changing, beautiful um, journey for, for myself, my family, and obviously all the people who started here. Um, luck part is definitely an element, um, and, and more luck in timing. Um, just really recognize this influencer space at the beginning um, was very well connected in the athlete celebrity world and and started to see athletes and celebrities monetizing their social and kind of thought if brands are willing to pay them, what about these young people on social media who are, you know, doing a hundred times their numbers on a daily, you know, on an afternoon. Right. So we started, um, as a talent agency, believe it or not, signing, um, influencers and being their agents like Brad Pitt would have an agent, same thing. Um, and that was, oh my God, uh, Started doing that about six and a half, close to seven years ago. Um, And then slowly became known as the guys who had the largest agency in the influencer space. Um, And what that attracted was all of these brands and marketing agencies who were looking for talent to fulfill their campaigns. Because at that time, um, it was very hard to find them. Um, You know, obviously now there's lots of tools to source influencers and stuff like that. At the time, there wasn't. So we became the go-to guys for a number of agencies. So we were running you know, thousands of influencer campaigns for tons of different companies. And we were really the, you know, puppeteers behind the first big wave of influencer. Um, We took those learnings, um, developed a team and went to market as a marketing agency. That was our big turning point. So um, started bringing on major brands that we had worked with through other agencies. We started, um, you know, building a reputation. We were really, really well known. Um, and that um, without boring you, is you know how we got to this point. Now viral Nation is a full service kind of modern media agency, which has been built in our obvious big um, landmark as influencer marketing. But now close to a hundred employees. Uh, we work in 26 different countries, um, and, and we've been growing you know at about a hundred to three hundred percent a year since day one. So just an incredible journey, incredible growth, but more excitingly, really paved the way in this influencer space.
0: And so y'all are now really much more than just a talent agency. I mean, you are, and you're more than Influencer Database as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We still have the Influencer Talent Agency just because that's where we started. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, the first influencer we signed runs our talent agency now, which is like a really special thing. Um, it makes up, our talent agency maybe makes up 3% of our global revenue. Uh, it's not a, as big as we are but it's something we've kept um, and I think we represent just over 700 or 800 influencers in there so it's still substantial okay. um, but no Viral Nation uh, globally over the last four years is really known as a full service marketing firm as opposed to just okay. an influencer database or agency mm-hmm. um, although we do have the talent agency and although we do have a technology that we've built over the last two years that does analytics for influencers and searching and all that stuff. So we have all those components, but our marketing agency is the big fish.
0: And people who are coming to you want a turnkey program to be built for them.
1: It depends. Um, I'd say yes. Most of the time. Uh, Viral Nation um, doesn't have very much outbound sales. We get between 50 and 100 brands a a week come in. Looking for different things, and it, and it could be like you said, uh, looking for a turnkey program. There's others who are wondering how they expand a program. There's others who have unfortunately had you know bad experiences in the space. We all know the influence of in Wild West, so you know you know some of the things I hear is pretty crazy. Um, but we work on a number of things, um, you know, like ambassador programs for brands with hundreds and hundreds of influencers on them. Affiliate campaigns we run, content campaigns, media campaigns with influencers like. Commercials that you'd see on TV. Um, So, there's a number of different really cool avenues that they come in for, but mostly looking for influencer campaigns.
0: Awesome. And so, when the brands are coming to you, typically what type of budget size do they need to have to even consider working with an agency like yours?
1: Um, So, that's obviously changed over the years. Um, I, I hate this question, not because of the answer, but because of this business indicates what that level is so when you start to build an organization you have the amount of people we have Um, it gets very hard to service the small business which I hate saying because I was that guy I still own small businesses and etc so if there's a if there's a big opportunity and something we think we can carry out and be really successful on for a small amount of money Mm -hmm. we'll do it just because we want to help them Mm -hmm. Um, but generally our minimum campaigns are around 50 to 100,000 U.S. Mm for a campaign. And I'd say our average deal flows about a half a million to a million dollars. So that's our average deal. Um, But we also have viral nation launch, which is pretty cool. So if there's a company who can't afford to work with us, we'll take an equity position and we'll do the investment, like kind of shark tanky and stuff. So we own three or four companies that way. Um, But yes, that's, we're, we're a little bit larger.
0: And that makes sense. But it also is the fact that, you know, when you're a smaller company and you don't have necessarily a high budget, you can have this done internally. You can work with influencers. It is something that is doable. It's the fact that once it starts getting at scale and you're working with a larger footprint that you really need to start considering having a team work with you.
1: Well, you've been in marketing for a long time, obviously, even longer than me. Um, I think what concerns me with with some of the startup companies and companies that don't have big marketing budgets is it's very hard to have big impact with low dollars in the marketing space. So you got to be, almost stupid strategic like you know you need to deploy those funds in a way that's that's reaching out to 10,000 influencers yourself with mm. trade-offs so you don't have to pay them and you got to go at it a very different way than the way we go at yep. it, right? Um, you know, consistency in influencer marketing is something people forget, right? So a lot of these small business owners that I advise or, or I speak to and stuff like that mm. will go to an influencer, pay them $2,000 and they're like, oh my god, I'm going to sell on e-com and they're, they're disappointed because they sold $100 and spent yep. $2,000. And part of that is because People don't make those decisions on social that quickly. Yeah. So you need the consistency, but you also don't want to lock into a relationship with an influencer for a year. So yeah. it's, it's it's I'd say influencer marketing, doing it yourself is one of the harder things to do, um, but it can be unbelievably successful. It's just hard.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think you touched on a point that's so important to realize that, You're doing an influencer marketing campaign, much like people traditionally did print advertisement or television or radio. It's about repetition. It's about the fact that you have to get in front of people and you have to get in front of the same people using different influencers who are reaching them and touching them, even the same influencer, touching them over and over to build that trust, the authenticity and making that conversation happen. It is not a direct sale that's going to happen overnight in most cases.
1: And millennials aren't stupid. Um, they know when they're seeing an ad from an influencer and and I'm a guy who serves them. So, you know, naive to the fact that, you know, influencer marketing has its quirks. But, you know, millennials are so smart that in order for them to buy in to what these influencers are doing in most occasions, Mm -hmm. unless we're talking about certain app companies or things that have what I would call low resistance conversions, things that don't take a lot for us to convert try it out, um, is that consistency, right? But also not overdoing it because there's a threshold where you've maxed out that audience, right? So you're you're, you're, you're for sure right. It's just finding that balance varies influencer to influencer.
0: So what are some of the latest
1: trends you're seeing in influencer marketing? Um, I'm getting hounded by the media on TikTok. Uh, Of course. I've done so many TikTok interviews this year so far. Like when I I see them come through, I'm like, oh my God, here we go again. We're TikTok. Yeah, uh, Viral Nation was the company, uh, marketing company that launched Musical.ly. So I have a ton of like, um, ext- like I- extreme knowledge of their entire company, how they were built. We actually do the marketing for Byte Dance now for TikTok. So I have a deep understanding of what their roadmap is and, and what they've created and what they're continuing to create. And I think for sure it's a massive trend. I think it's here to stay. And I think the platform is going to be extremely important mm-hmm. um, for business. Um, And I also think, you know, if there's a, if there's a a small business person listening to this or a small agency, I think that the opportunity there is like YouTube 10 years ago is like Instagram five years ago is like Facebook four years. You know, I think there's a big opportunity there to get those numbers. So I think that's a big trend. Um, I think that another trend in influencer marketing that not a lot of people see is the actual influencer marketing Um, psychological ripple effect that's happened. So people look at influencers and go, oh, my God, there's influencers. But what they're not seeing is that influencers are creating this tidal wave globally of every kid wants to be an influencer. You can't get a job as an actor or actress unless you have an Instagram following. You can't be the president of the United States unless your Twitter has 100 million people. on it. You can't compete in business if your business has less followers than another business. Influencer is becoming an undertone of society in a very, very strange way. So, as marketers and as humans and as business owners, we really need to start understanding that that's going to become the core element of a lot Mm -hmm. of things in our life, even if it's beyond marketing and selling our products. Mm -hmm. So, those are the two biggest things I'm seeing. The rest of it, influencers are making more money, platforms are growing and changing, algorithms are getting killed, data is important. But those are the two big things that I think are, are. major
0: league yeah it's amazing how much content is coming into play that everyone needs to know how to make some level of content now
1: right right yeah. and, and that's opportunity right because um the super bowl commercials uh they i, I was reading something this morning when i woke up about uh, one of the super bowl commercials did an error for a company that makes um products for women who are postpartum, Right. Okay. Um, and, and what was interesting is I watched the commercial and the reason ABC didn't um, air it was because it, it, it very much showed what women go through after birth, right? You know, they, they have to take care of them themselves because of the injuries sustained from birth. They're not feeling good. Their bodies don't look great. You know, they're, they're talking about what really happens sure. and they wanted to censor that, right? Because, and for good reason. But that company then put it on YouTube and now it's gonna get more views than any of the NFL, uh, sorry, any of the Super Bowl commercials did. Without so out that,
0: a $5 million price tag.
1: Right. So <laughs> what that means is you can be influential in spurts. Yeah. It doesn't need to be from your following if you're creative as a content marketer mm-hmm. and you really understand this space and this new generation, that undertow I told yeah. you about. Um, you, can, you can be influential for a period of time and it's just as impactful as working on it for a long period of time, which I think is just incredibly cool. Yeah.
0: Why do you think musically didn't like kick off as well as TikTok? Like it's the same premise in so many ways. So right. why did that app not it's done well, but why is TikTok just overtaking it so quickly?
1: So Musically when when music so Musically was a traditional um call a Silicon Valley startup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they had rapid beginning growth and then, you know, financials, they were investing everything back into the machine. And then ByteDance, Dance, the Chinese company, bought oh. musically and turned it into TikTok. So TikTok, oh. TikTok is musically.
0: I did not know that, but it's like to mm-hmm. me I'm like this is the same platform just kicked up a notch. No, so no, it no. is the same platform <laughs> yeah, kicked got, up a notch. It <laughs>
1: purchased by a major Chinese company. Yeah. And they okay. They changed the name of Musical.ly to TikTok. Okay. And what they did was they implemented a massive push to encourage older audiences to participate because it used to be this thing that you saw your eight-year-old doing. Oh, yeah. What is going on in my house? And like this whole generation of young people are screwed Mm -hmm. to different forms, mediums of content, um, comedy, shorts, um, photography, uh, life stuff, teachings, very Instagram. And and by taking that avenue, they were able to do a really incredible job of continuing the growth of the platform.
0: Well, thank you. I just learned something in influencer marketing and I had no idea about that, but it just makes absolute sense because it seems exactly the same thing. Perfect. All right. So, how do you think brands can best utilize something like TikTok?
1: Um, It depends. Uh, my golden rule is don't force it, right? Uh, There's a lot of brands who don't appeal to that style of content or audience who are trying Mm -hmm. to force their way onto it, right? Um, I would say measure your brand and figure out what its affinity is to that style of content, right? Get on, is this something like I can create something around that will make sense that people aren't going to roll their eyes at and be like, why is Clorox doing an ad on TikTok, right? So a lot of people force it. So figuring that out, but then also, um, weird thing Viral Nation does, it's a secret, but like if you're a small business person, do it. Sometimes on campaigns, we'll call influencers um, on a certain platform and we'll say, Hey, this is our challenge. This is our product. I want to give you an Amazon gift card or whatever you want to take this half an hour call with me. But tell me how you would approach something like this on TikTok. Because there's no one, um, I have TikTok people who work here, I have TikTok experts who work here, but if you don't have that, there's experts who are just on the platform, right? Yeah. So I would say like the best way to approach it is call one of them, offer them something, business is free, and ask them how to approach it. And, and I think some of the coolest things we've ever come up with have been from asking these people what they think will work best because there's no one who's going to know how to attack a platform better than the person who's living off of it, right? Yeah. Um, so I'd say that's the coolest advice I could give on how to approach that platform.
0: That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, it's fun yeah. too
0: it's actually a secret marketing technique that a lot of agencies will use where they're going out and they'll do surveys for a brand in order to show them, you know, the hidden truths that the brand needs to know about. Yeah. We so, all yeah why not?
1: Okay. Sometimes it's important to do that because that's where the truth actually ends up coming from. Yeah. False beliefs are sometimes uh, taken down from that type of stuff.
0: Where do you think the future of influencer marketing is going?
1: Um, I think, like I said earlier, I think it's going everywhere. Uh, from a business perspective, I don't know. Um, I think influencer marketing as a whole will continue to grow, but I think it'll grow not in the sense of grow in the scale of tons of companies, but it'll grow in the sense of the deal sizes, how much influencers are getting paid, and it'll just become a more lucrative market. Um, I, I do think there is a plateau. I think at some point in the next five years. Getting into influencer marketing is going to be much harder. Starting a company influencer marketing is going to be impossible. It's like starting a new digital agency out of scratch now. So hard. Um, Trust me, I'm doing it. Um, You know, these types of things are 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 inherently with any business uh, going to get there. I think for me, I'm more excited to see how much more influencer will play a role in everything else.
0: So it's really interesting in the fact that what we're seeing a lot of times is you know brands are going away from wanting those massive macro to celebrity size influencers right now as well, because the engagement levels are just not at the same level that you can get with the nano or a micro or a smaller macro level. Are you experiencing the same thing or are you full tilt ahead with macro celeb size all the way?
1: So I disagree unequivocally with that notion, but we don't use as many macros. So I'm so I'd say a majority of our campaigns are micro to mid tier influencers who range in between. Oh. Actually, uh, just a cool thing. Um, I can send you the link to it, but business insider actually classified my ranking of influencers. Uh, that's like the de facto guide to where influencers. Perfect. Back, what is it? Share. The, Share. I don't, I gotta, I gotta pull it up, but I just break it down kind of once and for all by platform. Cause okay. even when brands call me, they're like, I want micro. And I'm like, is micro to you someone who has 2 million followers on YouTube As opposed to 20 or is a micro to use someone who has 10,000 followers i need to understand so i I built a thing that they put out um people underestimate the manpower that goes into micro and mid-tier campaigns which is a mistake so you pick up and it's all budget related so if you're a small business macros throw them out the window because it just they're unattainable from a from a budget perspective but if i said to you as like an economic business person in my core KPI was brand awareness. So I wasn't really necessarily as keen with content or driving direct sales and that type of stuff. I would say to you, it might be better for us to find two or three monsters and have them hit 30 million views altogether Mm -hmm. than me to go out and find 400 macros uh, mid tiers or small to get me the same thing. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I disagree with people's notions that you know, mid-tier influencers are more impactful, micro-influencers are more engaged and et cetera. Because if you look at how big that audience is, Mm -hmm. you're not comparing it kind of tit for tat. You're just comparing it on a way that that's not really true. Um, But at the same time for medium businesses and longevity campaigns and consistency and et cetera, use the others. And then what we do is we layer in macros on what we call pulse points, new, new thing coming out, launch of a product or site. Uh, big event, um, something major going on. Like we'll put the big guys in when the big guys are needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the rest of our campaigns are naturally developed around ambassadors, building community, building content, building consistency. And we find it easier to do that with mid and micro influencers.
0: That makes sense. Are you finding more of your clients are looking for content creation or impression based brand awareness?
1: Um, I think Viral Nation does a really good job at convincing them to use them as content creators. Because mm-hmm. um, we think that that's obviously beyond their organic reach. They're, they're, they're the, mo- the most value, um, in all honesty. It's the most value. It's that connection they have with the people they're showing. And their ability to make that content. Um, so I'd say most of our clients are really looking at them as content creators who are going to make something that they find very difficult to make internally or with this creative agency who thinks the same way over and over, right? Um, but at the same time, there are times where I'm behind a brand 100% to go big reach with influencers. So it's not more about the content, it's about that. So, But I'd say most of them look at them as content creators.
0: Okay. And then what are y'all doing in regards to suggesting to clients on boosting posts? Are you suggesting setting aside an additional budget to actually put behind influencers' posts? Or are you just hoping that you know, the organic scale of Instagram is going to carry it, even though the numbers are just dropping about how much that actually happens? Yeah.
1: So um, it's a mandatory on, I'd say, 95% of Viral Nation's campaigns. Uh, viral Nation has a full media wing. So Mm -hmm. for us, we have performance marketers, media buyers, digital buyers, et cetera. So depending on the campaign, it's not a hard thing for us to get in there and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look at the amount of money you paid for the influencer and you look at how much it's going to cost to reach the rest of their audience, we're talking about a few hundred dollars on the boosting side of things, right? So, I mean, it's almost like, do you want a little bit of water or would you just like a full glass? It's going to cost you 5% more. So for us, it's a no brainer. And for most sophisticated brands, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. Um, where I push the envelope is I love the idea of ads that we're seeing as consumers coming from influencers as a set of the brand, mm-hmm. which opens up white listing, right? So we'll get a budget from a brand that will include organic, it'll include boosting, and then it'll include media. And that media is going to be run to audiences that are similar But they don't know who the influencer is. And that's where the content creator piece comes into it. Because what we've seen on average is the conversion rate on those digital ads um, is six to eight times cheaper and higher producing than the ads they're running on their own Burger King account or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's substantial room to play with influencers in those categories.
0: And how much involvement do you have in the creation of the content of what the influencers are producing? Are you doing checkpoints along the way? They're obviously being given a, you know, these are the mandatories to include. This is what it, you, know, you need to stay away from. But how involved are y'all getting?
1: Depends on the campaign and the scope of what we're tasked to do. Uh, we have campaigns where we're the be all end all. We have strategy heads here who Have a specific task that they need to generate for the brand and we will develop a very very strict set of guidelines for them based on them though it's Mm -hmm. not based on us it's based on what we've seen them do so it's not form; it's -hmm. just us saying we want to make sure that this big piece of content comes out properly because we have other things we need it for and then i'd say most of our campaigns are more here's our like you said here's our guidelines don't go outside of these because we don't have a problem Check in with your idea. Check in with your first edit. Check in with your final, and then we'll make a we'll make a call. Um, but yes, um, there's a lot of agencies out there that are like, let the influencers do everything, leave it to them. They're the one. influencers are human. no influencers. Are human Some of them are the devil. Some of them are angels. I find with millennials in general, if you give them the reins they'll get lazy mm-hmm. and they'll give you what the least amount possible is to get through it into to the next thing. Yep. Um, so we like to have those parameters and work within it because we know as long as they're working within it, we're getting something that we want. Right. All the way down to we, we require certain types of content quality, like in terms of how visible it is, what it can be shot on, etc. Just because we've had instances where an influencer's paid for a campaign, picks up their phone, goes, Hey guys, make sure you download this app. It's really great. See you later. Bye in their bathroom. And you're like, oh my God. Like, are you, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, you know, it, it is very important to tell you're hiring them for a job, take them off the pedestal. Yep. You're paying them, you're their boss. This is what I need, and that's it. And if you have someone push back from that, you shouldn't be working for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the smaller the influencers are usually a little bit less experienced, and you're starting to see as they grow in their follower base, they know how to achieve success not only for their followers to watch their content but also to actually get brands to pay them so it gets a little bit more finessed
1: well you know like in 2019 viral nation worked with over 14,000 influencers across Mm -hmm. all our campaigns so like we've seen
0: everything Everything.
1: Mm -hmm. um good and bad and ugly but you know we've also we also have great relationships with caa william morris um, the big talent agencies, the small talent agencies, and then, you know, you sometimes work with agencies, sometimes work with the influencers directly, you sometimes work, you know, so we, we it, it, it's a learning process. Yeah. And uh, we've been lucky enough, uh, we have a really cool global reputation. So when an influencer gets an email from us, they know, hey, legit company, my friends have worked with them, they're going to pay me. Uh, I don't have to worry. I'm going to do what they say. Whereas I've had, I've, I've advised some friends and, and people, programs that are starting influencer campaigns, and it's hard for them to get the email back, the trust. Yeah. they When they tell them what to do, they're like, no, no, thank you. That's not yeah. what I'm going to do, right? So I'm also in a naive position where, you know, our buying power and stuff allows yeah. us to be more nimble and do more for a brand. And that's just scale. That's all that is.
0: Well, for any listeners listening, influencer marketing means herding cats in many, many ways, no matter the size of the influencer. So, with that many campaigns that y'all have done, you've done a heck of a lot of cat herding.
1: Yes, we have. We've had campaigns run up to 500 influencers on them, yeah. managed by humans. Yes. Uh, so, yes, we've, we've, I, yeah, I'll be forever starved on some of those campaigns. Yes. We, we, it, it, we,
0: it's amazing how easy it is for people to forget to do a hashtag, forget to do a hashtag ad sponsored, things that, you know, get you sued by the government, kind of followed up legal trouble, FTC regulations.
1: We actually help build them. So we have a really good standing and we've never had an issue in our company's history. But yeah. by God, like, you know, many times posts have gone up and uh, we have to send a legal letter instantly. This is on you. Oh, yeah. So actually, you have to see guidelines would be included. We have yeah. to do like, you know, the. Yeah. You know, I recently saw one of the big, you know, the mattress companies that come in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, they roll out, Like a
0: Casper and yeah, some yeah. One purple. Of
1: them is, one of them is IPOing. I don't remember which one it is. And they have to disclose that their number one source of sales came from influencers. But the caveat is, by the way, 80% of them didn't follow FTC guidelines. So we need to disclose that to you. It could be an inherent <laughs> risk on the stock at IPO. I was like, oh my God. But they ran it all internal. So they, wow. they kind of started from scratch, right? right? right. So like, it, it was exciting to see that influencer drove that scale of business for them, like sales and a monster brand that's now yeah. going to work stock exchange. But it was also funny to see, like, see, this is why we say work with an agency, because yeah. the types of things that we fought through for years, right? Yeah, um, so it's fun.
0: No, I was just doing, I was talking to a reporter the other day on an article and she was asking about a specific set of influencers and I was diving in, looking to see what the recent campaigns were. I'm like, oh my gosh, she doesn't hashtag. She doesn't hashtag. All of this is not legal. This is not legit. Um, And she was a big influencer. It was interesting.
1: So you know what's, you know, what's really weird about the you can't be a digital marketing like person and fake it as easy as you can influencer. Like you got to actually kind of know what you're doing to like yep. fake Facebook ad campaign. Yep. Like, first of all, you need like credentials, you need money and logins and all these types of things with influencer marketing. It's like, I could start an influencer marketing company in my garage tomorrow yep. and say, Hey brand, I'm going to go get these. And then you email them and like they reply and like you're, you're putting them on escrow yep. until you get paid and like, you should see how big some of these little agencies have gotten off of that, right? And I know. Those, those are the situations that create those things you're yeah. seeing. Not coming from legitimate sources yeah. where people are accountable at those types of things. Yeah. Like, we turned down business in the CBD world. We turned down business in the gambling world. And you should see the size of those campaigns going on. Yeah. And influencer. We can't, we can't, our lawyers say we can't be a part of it yeah. because it's just, we don't want to toe that line. But there's tens and tens of hundred million being spent in that space. Yep. So it just shows you the immaturity of the space and, and it's coming, but that's what I meant by it's going to change.
0: Well it's also interesting because you know even when I was dialing in on this influencer and looking at her work. You know, it's also the brand. The brand is not mandating that there is a reveal that the post is sponsored. And we still encounter a lot of brands who are like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do that. That's going to make it seem less authentic if they say that they're being paid to talk about what, you know, but they're wrong. Even if they're right, they can't legally do it. But people know things are now being
1: paid. Everything. So I got two stories for you. One is uh, we got a, our talent agency got approached a couple years ago. I won't say the brand. Uh, it, it's not like a high end, like fortune 500 brand it's just a brand on social. And uh, the CEO of the company said, here's the deal. Post without FTC compliance. Here's the fine. He sent the actual thing. He said, if you get hit with that fine, I'll pay it. I'll pay it. Mm-hmm. Post without it. Like I'm guaranteeing you in writing, I'll pay your fine. Because what people don't understand is it doesn't fall on the brand falls yeah. on the influencer first. Yeah. So there's times, and, and I don't want to defend the people you looked at in any way, cause I don't know the situation, but yeah. sometimes, you know, you viral nation guarantees to energizer that we're going to make sure the influencers follow FTC compliance. We create that wall, which is their protection. Yep. So if for lack of a better word, shit hit the fan, it's on me. Yep. Right. And we have insurance and like the brand's yep. like, I'm safe from this because these guys are taking. Yep. Life. Then we in turn go to the influencer and say, hey, you're accountable for FTC yep. compliance and your contract sign here. Yep. They break it. It's not it, it's the influencer who ultimately gets in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, it causes a big mess and everyone's. Pissed sure. off, but, um, it's the influencer who gets in trouble and sometimes they just don't mm-hmm. care. Um, yep. and that's just the way it goes but I would I would say that you know old you know 22 year old entrepreneurial me would be like get them to post without it because like we might sell more right like yeah, I'm not yeah. naive and I'm not some angel yeah uh, but at the same time you know I've also been in situations with businesses I advise is where shit does hit the fan mm-hmm. and it's like if I would have just put that stupid thing there I could have avoided all this so my mm-hmm. advice to young entrepreneurs and people with business. It's just follow it. Yeah, if it's yeah. going to impact you, it's not going to impact you 90%, 5%, 10%. Like, is it worth yeah. the squeeze? Right. So um, it's an important topic and I'm, I'm happy a lot of people are conforming.
0: Well, it's interesting. Like our agency, I was sitting at my desk one day and I got a FedEx. What's the FedEx? It's a letter. I opened it up. It was was from a lawyer from the FTC, and it wasn't that our agency had done anything. One of our clients on a campaign before they hired us, and we were doing product placement for them and talk show partnerships, and they were stemming off into influencer marketing, all the different things. They had run a little bit of a foul of what they were supposed to have been doing, and so during the research, they came across our agency because we had some case studies up. So they open up. As an agency, for any agencies listening to this, you have to know that, or a brand, they don't just look at that one campaign that might be potentially a foul. They're going to open you up as an agency and look at every single solitary post you have ever created with an influencer thousands and thousands and you have to document and you have to show and we've had our job done we had the letters we had the FTC guidelines we had everything hashtag correctly but it's a scary process and it takes as a owner of an agency or a team of an agency it's going to take you out of your day-to-day business to work and make sure that you're in compliance and so it's just better to make sure everything is locked up with a nice bow
1: so we have a good relationship with FTC. Viral Nation's headquarters and where I am right now is in Toronto, Canada. Yep. Um we operate obviously internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember uh, same thing. We got a letter from the Canadian version of the FTC. But mm-hmm. It was so nice. Like I read it, it was like, "Hey, Viral Nation, like we see you guys are doing the right thing. Right. We want to thank you for doing that, and you know, please continue to do that. If you yep. have any questions." at all of any changes, please call it. They were like super nice about it. Right. Um, And then the, the whole FTC thing in the States Our our I guess our documentation is there's not an influencer in of those 14,000 or more Mm -hmm. that's posted without a contract. Right. So that's our fail. Um, But what's weird is like, there's almost this double, double standard because You're watching a music video with Drake and there's Beats Mm -hmm. by Dre's everywhere and it doesn't say sponsored. You look at some of the talk shows like you talked about, you did in the past, very not transparent. You look at movies. You know, a lot of these, you know, box office movies have massive product placements within them, whether it be the vehicle, the villains driving or the Mm heroes driving all the way to, you know, the drinks that they choose. And, And I feel like the scrutiny on influencer at times is a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just could be because it's a new space and whatever. But I, I do think it's tough.
0: Yeah, it is hard. And as an agency who specializes in product placement, all those big things that you just talked about, it's true. And there's been a lot of controversy about it. And other countries have different laws. Germany and the UK have regulations for television that certain broadcast networks cannot actually show anything unless you have a pop-up that says, this is sponsored by, and it's super distracting. But I and- don't like it. No, it's horrible. No, so, no, but I'm not
1: saying yeah. that I have a problem with it. That's the yeah. thing that pisses me off. Like, I'm a yeah. The guy is driving, like, an Audi R8 in the movie. Yeah. And they put it there. I'm like, yeah. Car? I'm not sitting there saying, Audi just abused my money. Right, right. You know what I mean? I think by actually bringing light to some of these things, it actually makes me more pissed off. Than, right. Like, I'm not s- smart enough to figure out that, like, this influencer is holding this bottle and going, buy this new, like, I don't know. That she has, you know what I mean? So I I think there's a weird, it's weird. I'm not saying that anyone's wrong or your space is wrong for doing what they do. No,
0: no, 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 I'm not saying that. It's just, it's interesting. I I don't think that, I think it's horrible and it takes away from content, honestly. I think that the same thing with influencers, you know, it's Mm. it's just so interesting that our government has decided that people are, as you just said, not smart enough to realize. And it's not just our government, it's every government. Right. And that they want to protect people from being persuaded to buy or purchase something. And right. it's just a very interesting um, fine line. I mean, it makes sense for supplements. It makes sense for pharmaceuticals. It makes sense for all those things that have super hyper regulations anyways that you have to make sure that you get a um, certain verbiage across. But for a car, for kitchen, something, right. throws, it just, it's just silliness right. in general.
1: Well, here's where I, I, the thing that pisses me off that I don't even, that they're trying to stop, which they're not is, you know, I'm this very fit woman on Instagram and I wear this waist trainer and all of a sudden I have abs and she knows she's bullshitting you. She's getting paid to to do that. Or I'm a vegan and, you know, Wendy's just offered me 15K to do a YouTube video. I've never eaten Wendy's in my life, but now all of a sudden the Whopper is my favorite thing on the planet earth. Um, Those are the types of things that I think it's trying to combat. What they're doing is making it difficult to do marketing as a whole, right? And you'll never stop people from doing that. I was at a conference once where the kid on stage was like, I'm a vegan, I just did that because they paid me. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like they and that's we actually instill the policy here. Like our account directors and managers and executives and all that have to like put the product in the hand of the influencer first. Do you like it? Is this something you would use? Do you you know we do that because we don't want to be in a situation where it's like pay them to use this pen and talk about the pen. There's certain things where you know, it's preference, like a pen's a pen, does it right? And you don't need that level. But if I have someone uh, marketing Xbox and they're playing pay- PlayStation, I'm an a-hole, mm-hmm. right. right? So uh, that's more of where I get kind of ticked.
0: Well, it's also the authenticity that comes out there because, you know, it's not on brand for them. And if it's not on brand for them, it's not going to, you know, follow up and work. So any last words of parting advice that you could share with our listeners today?
1: Parting advice. Owning an influence, uh, owning a marketing company is hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And anyone who tells you differently doesn't own a marketing company. Um, And I think that's, I, I, I really respect marketing owners. Um, It's a service business. That's unlike a lot of other service businesses. Um, It's, it's so custom and fluid and changes so frequently that it's never rudimentary and that makes it difficult and and anxiety um, and et cetera. So Kudos to all you marketing peeps Um, but I would say that I would say focus on influencer marketing harder but focus on it smarter at the same time Um, if you want to expand influencer or you want to do influencer better it's not about going out and getting more of them it's about more understanding the space and what's possible Um, and I think if you are able to look at those things correctly and you you extract the full value of influencer marketing it would be a major channel but Pump and dump with influencers, not influencer marketing. Um, that's my last thing.
0: And for any of those brands or agencies who want to get in touch with you, how is the best way they can learn more about viral nation?
1: Um, anyway, um, you can reach me um, personally and I can put you in touch with someone. It's just Joe at ViralNation.com. ViralNation.com, obviously, um, and as well as LinkedIn or any other place you can find us. We're everywhere. So, I mean, uh, if you want to speak to me directly, I, I help a lot of people and stuff. I'd be down to do that. Um, but thank you mostly for having me. This was fun.
0: Good. I'm glad you had a good time. And I enjoyed speaking with you and learning about the true origins of TikTok, which is still, I'm like, totally makes sense. Yeah, no <laughs> awesome well joe thank you so much and thank to all you. of our listeners thank you so much for tuning in to marking mistakes and how to avoid them i look forward to chatting with you next week